thing the tiktok thing where they say that i think it was more of a thing last year with that the 2022 season i I don't know why i'm adding a heavy lisp the guy who does the voice in that i don't think has a heavy lisp but you know where they have that voiceover and then some like emotional music it's i wanna and it's like pictures of things that the person who posted it did throughout the year um lots of them last year i've seen a couple for this year for 2023 the 2023 season um and i'm sure i will see more in the coming weeks as we get closer and closer to the new year and i'm sorry to be such a grinch about it but whenever i see them whenever i see this slideshow of banal holiday photos and you know meals and and hikes and things with that voiceover my first thought is oh okay the 2023 season is it how was the season lebron how many points did you score perform well any any big injuries keep you out for an extended period of time Or did you manage to stay fit and healthy for most of the games? How'd the team do? Good league position? Strong run in the cup? Or did you not, in fact, take part in any individual or team sport exercises this year? And is there no season being referred to at all? But in actual fact, this is just a collage of photos of your miserable life you fat goof (laughs) whoa harsh sometimes the truth is harsh okay it's an inaccurate voiceover and it irks me i've got a cough at the moment so everything irks me it reminds me a little of oh god dumps on instagram You know what I'm talking about. When people post like 10 photos from the last month or, you know, whatever holiday they went on and the caption is like, November dump, Mykonos dump, 2023 season dump. God, how unoriginal, Sarah for you to be posting these photos, again with the caption, November dump, maybe your monthly Instagram dumps are why Jasper dumped you, Sarah. Maybe having to scroll through endless dead-eyed mirror selfies and shots of the love heart on top of your predictable oat milk flat white are what saw him scroll his way into your sister's pants. It's giving Grinch today. It's giving Christmas Grinch. I don't care, okay? I already had to deal with blowback from friends and family on my opinions on the Late Late Toy Show. If you're Irish and you're listening to this, you know what the Late Late Toy Show is. For anyone who's not Irish, quick bit of context. 
There is a weekly Friday night program on our national broadcaster, The Late Late Show, which, much like other shows, Late Late Shows in other countries, it's a chat show where they bring out celebrities every week to chat about things. Once a year, they have The Late Late Toy Show, which is an extended version of the program. It's like two and a half hours long, maybe even longer, where they basically... They bring out a bunch of kids. It's always in the run-up to Christmas. They bring out loads and loads of kids to open up presents and to chat about what they want for Christmas. And they've got musical acts and they've got special guests. And it's a bit of a national institution. I think it's great. I think it's a really fun, cute, national TV show that we have for children. You know, that's who it's made for. That's who it's aimed at. So I think it's great that children are out there enjoying it. And also, I'll accept parents of children. You know, they kind of have to watch it with their kids. But I'm sure they get something out of that shared experience. (laughs) However, and this is a deeply unpopular opinion, but it's one I will always share. There are many, many, many adults, like fully grown people in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s, with no kids, there's no children in the room, but they plan their fucking year around the Late Late Toy Show, and they sit down and and watch from start to finish two and a half hours of snotty, flatulent children opening presents. And I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't see the appeal. Why? Why do you do this? Oh, it's the magic of Christmas. We did it every year when we were a kid. Well, you're not a kid anymore, so grow the fuck up. All right? You loser. It's Friday night. You should be out in a club doing shots and eating ass. <laughs> you shouldn't be sitting at home watching children's programming. Get a life, he says. As he sits alone, screaming into a microphone. Guys, welcome back to the third installment, the Christmas episode of Simon Sings Like, the podcast where I, Simon, give out about various festive things that other people get enjoyment out of, and then talk about and make fun of some kind of music, maybe it's an artist, maybe it's a genre, and then to close us out, end of the episode, I, as the title suggests, Sing like that artist or genre. A very big thank you to everybody who has listened so far and uh, sent lovely messages saying that they're enjoying it and enjoying the songs and enjoying the videos that are going out with the songs. This one will probably be the last one of the 2023 season, but when the 2024 season rolls around, we'll keep going. I've got lots of artists lined up to to tackle let me know on instagram at simon underscore hennessy if uh if you're enjoying this and if you have any musical artists that you would like to see me spoof in the podcast and in the accompanying song all of the songs sorry i've got to say this last time all of the songs to date all two of them are on Spotify 
separately from the podcast. If you just search Simon Hennessy, you'll find them there, the ABBA and the Weekend songs. And today's song will be going up next week. That's kind of the way I'm doing it at the moment, putting out the podcast and then putting out the song a week later. It's the current system. Maybe it'll change. Um, So give those a listen if you enjoy the songs and want to just listen to them separately from this. Also, I've started a Patreon. Money-grabbing whore, I hear you scream. Oh, now who's the Grinch? Now who's being the Christmas Grinch? Huh? No, but for real, I have started a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Hennessy. It's something I've held off on doing for a good while, but basically... Next year, I have some exciting plans for live shows and hopefully some on-screen stuff. I'm very excited about them, but they are things that will require a bit more investment. And so, have started the Patreon. If you like the things that I put out, be that the sketches on social media or the songs or this podcast, and you would like to support me in those endeavors... You can sign up for a fiver a month. There'll be extra regular content going up on the Patreon for patrons. Um, And my hope for that is that you'll get to have your say on what that extra content is. So if you sign up, you'll be able to see more of the things that I do or hear more of the things that I do that you like. So please consider signing up or, you know, giving it as a little Christmas gift to that loved one in your life who just loves all things Simon. Um, But either way, thank you for listening to this. I really appreciate it. Gonna take a very quick break. Gotta go off and post my early December dump. Watch a quick rerun of this year's Late Late Toy Show, and then we will be back to take on today's festive subject. See you soon. Simon sings like Simon sings like Simon sings like Simon sings like Christmas carols. Christmas Karens? Can I talk to the manger, please? (laughs) Can someone let me talk to the manger? (laughs) Sometimes the joke is better left in your head. Sometimes it's a lot less funny when it's said. That Christmas Karen joke wasn't that great. Christmas Karens, Christmas Kevins. Kevin! We've all seen Home Alone. We've all seen it. We all love it. It's a Christmas classic. Fantastic performance from a young Macaulay Culkin as a psychopathic child who psychologically and physically tortures two fully grown men. My favorite thing about Home Alone, it's got a lot of obvious kind of goofs, Home Alone, a lot of obvious goofy characters. Most obviously, we've got the two villains, Joe Pesci and your man, uh, what are they, Hal and Marv, the the wet bandits, trying to break in. The sticky bandits, then, in uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, just for the true Home Alone scholars. We've also got some hilarious goofs in 
the family. There's Uncle Frank, the miserly Uncle Frank, Buzz, the bully brother of Kevin. But my favorite goof is the much more subtle, much more nuanced and underrated, but on multiple rewatches, increasingly hilarious character of Kevin McAllister's dad, Peter McAllister. And what makes him so funny to me, maybe it's just to me, but what makes him so hilarious, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that he does not give a shit about his son being home alone. Go back and watch the movies and just try and pay attention to him once they've left the house and once they realize that Kevin is home alone. Most of the screen time is the mother, the iconic Catherine O'Hara. But next time you're watching it, turn your gaze to the father, Peter McAllister, and enjoy the fact that he just doesn't care. I like to think in the scene on the plane, you know that scene where she's, the mom is like, she's keeps trying to think of what they've forgotten because she knows in her heart of hearts that something's not right. And she's like listing things off that they potentially could have forgotten. And Peter McAllister, the dad, just keeps going, that's it. Just to clearly try and shut her up. She'll be like, oh, did we did we leave the garage door open? And he's like, that's it. That's it. I left the garage door open. That's it. And then we have the cutaway to her going, realizing it's her son and going, Kevin! And then we cut to Kevin. I like to, I would love to have had a more extended scene where she goes, Kevin! And then we cut back to the father and he's like, that's it. That's it. We, we left Kevin at home. That's it. Yeah. He's home by himself. He's, he's probably going to die. That's it. And then gets back to his newspaper. Oh my God. Speaking of movies, a movie that I saw last night, not a Christmas movie, but it's almost Christmas. So it kind of counts. Saltburn. And okay. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the movie and wants to see it. Skip ahead a few minutes Although, what I'm going to be talking about is, if you're even vaguely on the internet, something you're surely already aware of, which is the main, I think, point of the film, the whole reason it was made, was to showcase Barry Keoghan's lovely, lovely cock. <laughs> That's what, I really genuinely do think that was really what the whole film was all about, just building to the scene where he prances about proudly flailing his pork sword hither and thither. I mean, the movie is a bit ridiculous. Plot-wise, it's borderline nonsensical. As a political satire, it doesn't really hit home. I mean, it kind of does. You kind of get what they're going for, but they don't. I don't think really skewer the upper classes as much as they would like. The twist is extraordinarily telegraphed. Like, it both makes no sense and it's something you see coming from the very start, which is <laughs> a kind of a contradictory combination, yet it somehow manages to be both those things. But before I make it sound like I didn't enjoy the film, I did. Is a good vibes film. I love a good vibes film, me, and this had solid mid-2000s, rich decadence vibes. 
And of course, it had the delight that was Barry Keoghan's staff only. Fair play, Barry. I mean, at the same time, if you've got it, flaunt it is a thing that my mother often says, not specifically in relation to exposing your genitals, but if you've got it, flaunt it, and he's got it. That is an impressive Johnson, and they don't... What I really appreciate is that they did not hold back on it. You know, because there's a bit near the end where you get like a flash. You get a sliver of that Taj, but not a huge amount, and you're like, is that it? Oh, is that is that what we were promised? <laughs> it was not. They go all out. They go full ham at the end. And 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 Barry, your kind of not entirely convincing northern accent is completely forgiven as you stride up and say, "All right, well here it is. Come and enjoy my my proud, my proud hog, my fleshy <laughs> my fleshy penis on display, my liver puddly and puddin' here to enjoy for all you viewers." <laughs> Not a bad Liverpool accent. Maybe they should have given me the role. Saltburn 2. Here we come. Anyway, just thought I'd mention that. You know, it's it's on my mind. It's on everyone's mind who's seen that film. So, deserved a mention. Christmas time. Folks, what a great time. What a joyous time of year. I'm over my Grinch phase of earlier. And now I'm full of excitement for the festive season. Who doesn't love Christmas? It's a time for family It's a time for drinking endlessly, so much drinking. It's a time for giving gifts and receiving gifts, and sometimes giving gifts that you have already received. Regifting. Gotta love the regift economy. That little self sustaining circular economy that exists within the festive season. I imagine it's worth billions because everyone is a participant. We are all perpetrators and victims in the re-gift economy. And it's so funny. I really enjoy when you see someone giving a re-gift and the other person knows. They know this is a re-gift. And the person giving the gift knows that they know it's a re-gift and they just have to pretend. They just have to power through and put a brave face on it and pretend that this wasn't something that, you know, Charlotte from two floors up, who couldn't have picked them out of a police lineup, gave them in the office Chris Kindle. And they're now passing on to little Jimmy, their six-year-old cousin, who they drew in the family secret Santa, and having to pretend like it's something they went out and bought for little Jimmy. Ah, well, little Jimmy... I know you're only six, but it's never too early to get on the sauce, so here's that cocktail-making set that I, that I knew you were after. Have at it. Enjoy. You know, going up, to your, going up to your granny and saying, well, granny, we all know how much you've gotten to Bob the Builder in your old age, so here's that, here's that Bob the Builder coloring book complete with crayons that I knew you were after. Poor old granny's like, well, what about the sewing kit that I wanted? 
on the website that we used for the Secret Santa. It had it said, put down your ideal gift that I asked for a sewing kit. Why didn't you? Where's the sewing kit? And you're like, shut the fuck up, Granny. Shut the f- shut your fucking mouth and take the fucking Bob the Builder. All right? <laughs> giving Granny a little dig under the table. Stop making a fucking scene, Granny. Well, no, come on now. I asked for a sewing kit. Oh, don't. You're hurting me. You're hurting me. Shut up, Granny. All right? I got fucking given this Bob the Builder coloring book last year by cousin Jeff, who clearly mixed me up with one of the four-year-olds. And I I have no fucking need for it. And I don't want to spend money on you because you're going to fucking die soon. So (laughs) take your fucking Bob the Builder coloring book. Whoa! (laughs) Where did that come from? Fetch me my sewing kit. Anyway. Christmas carols it was tough to decide what element of christmas music to go after because there is so much christmas music everyone's tried everyone throughout the history of the world has tried to have a christmas hit i was i was very close to doing 80s glam rock bands because i don't know if 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 you've noticed this but there are so many it's so hilarious to me for some reason kind of anti-establishment anarchist glam rock bands of the 80s whose entire back catalogue is all like you know tear down the system and you know fuck fuck the Tories they all have a Christmas hit like Shaken Stevens or Gary Glitter I mean that's one we'd sooner forget about Uh, even if we're going a little further back like you know the Beatles and stuff I suppose they're not quite glam rock bands, but like these sort of British rock bands all having their Christmas hit. It's hilarious. And they'll try and pepper in a little bit of their ethos otherwise. You know, a sort of a sex and drugs and Christmas day. I'll have a Terry's Clockwork Orange straight from Santa's sleigh. That sort of... You know, under the mistletoe, you might catch her up with Rudolph. Fuck you, Thatcher. That sort of vibe. So that was that was my first idea. But then I thought, no. Let's go all the way back. Let's go back to where it all began, Christmas music-wise. And let's go after Christmas carols. Now, I love Christmas carols. I really do. I They're... One thing you gotta give to the old to the old Catholic Church is the music. They do music well. They've they have their issues, I think it's fair to say, but they've always nailed it when it comes to music. Not always in the live renditions. I mean, for those of us who were forced in their youth to go to mass and had to put up with the show off singing priest. You know the one. Most priests will just get up there and they'll read the bits. But then you have the singing priest who'll get up and be like, you know, through him with him in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory and honor is your... Little kind of smirky look on his face, looking around being like, how fucking talented am I? You know, I'm not just a man of God. I'm a man of music. Granny next to you going, Oh, he's amazing. I love his voice. You're there digging her in the ribs. Shut the fuck up, Granny. I gotta stop. I gotta drop that. But anyway, Christmas carols. I love Christmas carols. You know, the the sweet 
high-voiced young boy doing the solo. I don't... That's not a creepy comment, okay? Get your mind out of the fucking gutter. They always do. These choirs have a young boy soloist, and he's nailing the solo. And then you've got, you know, the rest of the choir behind (laughs) all men, because they don't really do women in the church. And they're kind of providing the other lines, the counterpoint. You've got the organist providing some solid accompaniment. Maybe he's, you know, just slightly out of time, but that's okay. My favorite thing about the organist is that at the end, he is going to go off on a bitchin' solo. It's guaranteed when you get to the end of these songs, after having just plotted their way through chords, backing up the singers all the way through, the organist at the end of any church song really is like, right, here's my fucking chance to shine and they will lose the plot and they will just, like a heavy metal guitarist, just rocking out on stage with a face-melting solo. That is what these organists are like and I'm so here for it. I love it. But anyway, the Christmas carols, full of beautiful imagery. Stars in the sky, Bethlehem, the donkey, the, the three wise men, gifts. You know, we, we know all these images. Once in Royal David City, it's a silent night. Hark the herald angels sing. We know all these images. We know what they're telling us, what they're saying, the message they're sending. There's something else, though, <laughs> that is very, very, very present in these songs. A point that they are very keen to stress in nearly every single one of these. It's going to get at least one mention. It might get an awful lot more than one mention. Now, I'm just pointing this out. So if there's any kind of hardcore Bible bashers listening to this, don't get annoyed, don't get upset. I'm just pointing out the fact that Christmas music seems very concerned, Christmas music from the church, that is, seems very concerned with making sure that we know that Mary was a virgin. Boy, do they get that message across. It's every time she's mentioned, it's the Virgin Mary. Not just Mary. Not just her name. The Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary, Mother of God. It's just a bit aggressive and a bit harsh on poor Al Mary, you know? Because beyond a certain point, it starts to feel a little bit vindictive. It starts to feel a little bit like a personal attack. Like, most people don't love their sex life, or lack thereof, to be broadcasted quite so publicly, you know? (laughs) You just imagine poor Mary kind of sidling up to the songwriters being like, Hey guys, um you know, cheers for the shout-out in the song. Like, it's it's really good song, and, and, and I really appreciate you including me. Do, do you have to talk quite so much about, you know, my virginity? Is, is that, you know, I'd rather... Kind of rather you didn't. And then they're like, sorry, excuse me, the Virgin Mary is saying something. Sorry, guys, excuse me. Mary, who is a virgin, is speaking. She's, she's opening her virginal mouth and using her virgin words to share her her virgin thoughts with us. Go on, the Virgin Mary. What what ails your virginal mind? Did I hear Mary was a virgin? 
She must have a lot of time on her hands. Maybe she can help me out with my sewing. Hopefully this doesn't make its way back to any church folk and upset them. But I'm sure it won't because, as we all know, nobody takes a joke about themselves as well as the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> if, there, if there's one thing we can say about those guys is that they know how to... They know how to go in for a bit of self-deprecation. They know how to laugh at themselves. So, we're all good. We're all good on that front. Guys, listeners, friends, thank you so much for listening. And a very Merry Christmas to you all. I hope that you are either given gifts that you actually want, or if not given gifts that you can easily repackage and give to the people in your life who you have not already purchased a gift for. I hope that you have a lovely time with your friends and family, and I hope your fucking granny doesn't piss you off too much. (laughs) Um, If you like what you're hearing here, feel free to go ahead and rate the podcast five stars feel free to sign up for the patreon patreon.com forward slash simon hennessy it really would mean the world your support will be back doing this in the new year plenty of artists left to tackle plenty of genres i don't know maybe i'll have a guest or two along the way for the podcast and the songs we shall see but Before then, it's time for this week's song. It is time for the festive-themed Simon Sings Like So. Without further ado, it's time for Simon Sings Like Christmas Carols. T'was on the night when Jesus was born Three wise men went a-searching They looked to the sky, a star did adore And Mary was a virgin They followed the star to a stable, went they As one they began to search in And on a manger the baby Christ lay With Mary his mother, the virgin Pretty confusing stuff, boy.